All right. Hey, everybody. I know it looks like I got punched in the face or something's going weird with my left eye. Left eye. You know, that's a rapper, you know, back in the day in the 90s. But anyways, um, <laughs> all, I, all it is is a sty on my eye. OK, that's all it is. I never had a sty on my eye before. So it's actually gone down from what it was. And at least I don't have this kind of sty that says it. So if you think I look weird, that's what it is. All right. It's going away. It's not going to be like this forever. Thank goodness. All right. So, yeah, I just want to throw that out there in just case anybody wanted to fry me. You better be careful talking about me because you may get a sty next. You know, God don't play about God don't play around when it comes to his children. But anyways, what's up? It's me. It's him. You know who it is. <laughs> <What's up? laughs> I'm going to say that every time, too. Just I was actually it. thinking, man, we that would be an awesome intro. It's me. It's him. Right. I'm doing it every time, man. For now on. All right. But seriously, it's Sean Christopher Jenkins, a.k.a. Dr. J. And it's your boy, uh, Justin Lee Howell, a.k.a. Einstein. You know what it is. We've been going through the whole book of Nehemiah. And currently, we're at the beginning of Nehemiah still at, in Nehemiah chapter one. So if you go to my uh, YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads, and you uh, check out, uh, you'll if you check out my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads, you'll be able to see just all the videos that we've done on the book of Nehemiah thus far. So check out that playlist on my YouTube channel in order to see all of our studies and Bible studies and Sunday school lessons and our sermons that we do on the book of Nehemiah. And then same thing with the book of Nehemiah chapter one. That's what we're focusing on today. All right. And so also this, if you want to know what this video is all about before we even talk about anything, I know it's going to be a long video. Uh, this video is talking about the burdens that's in your heart. The reason why you, you're some stuff burdening you, burdens you. Some stuff hits you harder than other things, right? Why you're so passionate about certain things and not passionate about other things. It all leads to your purpose, right? So check out this playlist to figure out what to do with the burdens that's in your heart. What does God want to do with the burdens in your heart? That's what we'll be focusing in on on today's video. And then also we're going to be focusing on your purpose. If you want to know what your purpose is and how to find out your purpose, if you're lost, and you feel like your life has no meaning, this video is for you. The book of Nehemiah is for you. Let's get to it, man. Me and him is about to get into it. <laughs> hey. All right. And then also, uh, this is Justin's YouTube channel. Justin, I don't know if you saw, I've been uploading videos to your yeah. YouTube channel, man. All right, so this is his YouTube channel, Chaplain Logs. So make sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel and subscribe to mine, Upload Past Crossroads. Turn on the post notifications so you know when you upload another video, like all our videos, comment, share, Guys, our videos are lit, man. So go ahead and support it. And then this is Justin's uh, Facebook page. And then also here goes my other social media pages. But let's go ahead and get into it. All right. So we're in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter one, like I said. And I'm just going to start off reading the verses. Justin, did you want to give an intro before we even talk about it? Or you good? You're just ready to get to it. Man, like I'll just give a little bit. But yeah, I feel like we've kind of dove into it a good bit already mm -hmm. uh, from our previous lesson, just because it's hard to talk about nehemiah without like talking about his reaction and three and four like it just speaks volume to his character and like as you said before like this is going to be major points on like prayer and like how useful prayer can be and like how god actually uses prayer so that's all i wanted to say for that i think we need, just need to jump right into it yeah i think we're about to have some fun man all right let's get it man right, so hopefully my video Upload. So I'm about to show you guys the scripture verses on my presentation. All right, here it is. All right. So we're just going to go ahead and read all of Book of Nehemiah chapter one. Uh, it's only 11 verses. And we're going to be focusing on verse three and four today. All right. So the other videos, me and Justin focus on verse two and verse one. So check those out. All right. So let's go ahead and read the scripture verses. So Nehemiah chapter one, verse one. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeli. And it came to pass in the month of Cheslu in the 20th year as I was in Shushan the palace. All right. That Han and I, one of my brethren came and he and a certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keep a covenant and mercy for them 
that love him and observe his commandments. Let thy ear now be attentive and thy eyes open that thou mayest hear, hear the words, yeah, hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commanded thou servants, servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commanded thou servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost parts of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thou servants and thou people whom thou hast redeemed by thou great power and by thou strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now, now thy eye be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper Prosper, I pray thee, thou servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. So again, we're focusing on verse three and four today, and I'll go ahead and read it again. Nehemiah verse one, I mean Nehemiah chapter one verse three, and they sent unto me the remnant that are left of captivity there in the in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. All right, so let's go ahead and get to it. So, uh, Justin, you want to start it off or you want me to go ahead and start yeah. it off? Yeah, I'd love to start it off. All right. Like verse three. Um, verse three, I mean, it's it's less about um, less about Nehemiah and more about like uh, uh, more about his brother, like just telling him about the Jews. But the fact that um, Nehemiah asked about this just showed that he really cares deeply for his people. But it also like gives a good viewpoint on like where where are the people of Jerusalem right now? Like no oh, man, there's there's so much history. I just don't know how much to give right now because I know we've said it in the other videos. Right. But man, the people of Jerusalem have tried to rebuild their city. The pro which isn't a bad thing. The problem is they tried to do it without God. Like they when we were talking about seeing si King Cyrus, like the verses said that God would lead him by the hand. Like King Cyrus wouldn't be able to do it by himself. And that's why he was able to succeed because he had God on his side. Now, the context for this, though, is they tried to build up their own city. They tried to uh, do things on their own. But, man, look what happened. The wall is broken down. The gates have been burned down with fire. I, Sean did a great job last lesson about the significance of, like, the wall and... Uh, the imagery of like a broken wall and the gates and the iron because like back then the wall was like very important like the wall for any neighboring kingdom is like what protected them it's what's protecting them from outside forces or from um, being delivered into the forces of an, a conquering kingdom and man they've been conquered like so many times like they they've been called the remnants like they're not even a people they're not even a country they're not even a um, they're not even like a group of a group of people anymore. They're just a remnant. Like they're scattered everywhere. And like this is the scene that we're setting up is they have no protection from the world. And like that's what that's what influences Nehemiah to do the actions that he does in verse four. Sean, do you want to follow up on that? Yeah, like you were saying. So. Uh... Yeah, just a quick setting. Uh, I always got to hit you guys with a setting. So with verse three, Nehemiah is informed by his brethren, right? So some people, some theologians think that this is his actual brother, his family member. Other people think it's just when he says brethren, that just means like, you know, his fellow Israelites, somebody that's a Jew like him, somebody that's, you know, the same ethnicity, stuff like that, right? So nobody, it doesn't, there's no right a wrong answer because nobody knows right so that's the first thing but nehemiah gets news from uh hanani saying that you know the captivity that are in the province that are in israel they're in great affliction and reproach and it's been 150 years since the babylonians have 
burned those, burned the gates, burned the walls. They broke it all. It was 150 years before Nehemiah's time, right? And so Nehemiah is asking his brethren about what's what's the state there? How are they doing? How are the remnant there that are that have been there for 90 years? They've been there for 90 years before Nehemiah. 70 years before Nehemiah, they built the temple, but they never built back the walls. So he was expecting, no, just from the text right there, just from what I told you, it's been 150 years. Obviously, and they've been back for 90. So I'm thinking Nehemiah's thinking like, okay, surely they have rebuilt the walls. Like we need walls. And we're, we're gonna talk about the significance of walls in, in this video today. But um, this is, is shocking to Nehemiah. Like what? There's no walls and no gates still? And it's four, it's 44, it's 444 BC in Nehemiah's time period. This is the setting in this time period, right? So even the gates were in ruins. The even as people were living in a city in the middle of ruins. It didn't make no sense, right? Like this is a God's people, right? <laughs> so Nehemiah had a burden, right? This was awful. This is why I titled the video today. Nehemiah's burden, right? What is your burden today? Right? This is the application. This is why you need to know the Old Testament. It's so bad. So the person God uses has a burden for his people, a vision uh, for his, his purposes, and a commitment to God's purposes, right? So Nehemiah, man, Nehemiah saw a great need. Like, there's no wall. Are you kidding me? There's no gates, right? This is a burden in his heart. So what's your burden? God wants to do something with it, right? <laughs> uh, that's the burden, right? All right. So then also Nehemiah saw that what God wanted to accomplish. He had a vision. We need to rebuild the walls and rebuild the gates and nobody else is going to do it. But shoot, I'm going to do it. Like, you know, and then the third thing was commitment, you know, a commitment to God's purposes. Right. So Nehemiah was committed. He committed himself to see it through in spite of the many difficulties. So we're going to see in the next chapters in Nehemiah chapter two, Nehemiah three. But you can go on my YouTube channel and see that on Upload Fast Crossroads. We already talked about it. Like. Nehemiah, when he first went to Jerusalem, Jerusalem's 800 miles from where he's at right now in Persia, in the Susan Palace in Persia, like we just read in verse one. 800 miles to 1,000 miles. That's a long trip. You don't, you don't have a car. You don't have an airplane. Like, you got to walk. Like, you got to use a horse. Either way, it's bad, right? So <laughs> you got to go through trenches and through the, the, I don't know, the jungle. It ain't, come on, guys. 800 miles, that's a far trip. Then so just that alone is an obstacle, right? Then it was the winter time in this time period, so he had to wait. He had to be patient. He had to wait, right? And then he couldn't just go to the king. Mm. You can't just bring up something like this to the king. He's a Jew. King, the king is Persian. What? Why would the king let him go anywhere? You're my cupbearer. Cupbearer basically makes assignments and makes uh, the agenda and the schedule and just make sure the king gets where he need to be at, right? And then there was multiple cupbearers, so. When it was Nehemiah's time to be a cupbearer, he had to be a cupbearer. So he had to eat and drink what the king was going to eat and drink. And how many times does the king eat and drink? Probably a lot, right? He lived in luxury. So Nehemiah had to be there for that. Like, And then also, that's what I was trying to say. When Nehemiah first went to uh, Jerusalem, he faced obstacles. Like the first obstacle he faced was Samballat and Tobiah. He met people that were grieved that a man would want to do anything for Jerusalem. A man had a burden and came to help out the Israelites. Like they were ticked off. Like they had a burden in their heart about Nehemiah having a burden in his heart about wanting to help the Jews. Like, so, <laughs> so that was like his first opposition right there. So are you willing to do it? Are you willing to do something about that burden despite the obstacles? That's how you know you're really called to do it, right? This is how you figure out your purpose. And, and then something else I want to say too, Guys, like I told you, just the setting, just the setting from the setting. I said that the people have been there, the remnant, like it said in verse three, the Israelites, some of them have been there for 90 years. That's a long time. Like to not have no walls and no gates. You rebuilt the temple, but you don't rebuild the walls and the gates. So that means people, bad weather can just have their way, have its way with you because you don't have no walls or gates. That's one thing. Thieves and robbers and Outsiders can just come and take advantage of your whole city because you have no walls and no gates, right? So they lived in constant. Uh, they were. It's in, we'll see in verse four that they no. In verse three, it said that they were in great affliction and great reproach. Like women couldn't sleep at night, children couldn't sleep at night. Nobody felt safe because there was no walls and no gates, guys. Like 
should we be living like this as God's people? No, like for 90 years, it's been like this and nobody did anything. And the question is, God, why? Everybody asks questions like this. Like, why, God, why are you allowing this? God has called people to do something about it, but you ain't doing nothing about it. So Nehemiah had a burden just like everybody else. I'm sure everybody else had the same burden. Like, why don't we do something? But sometimes it takes one person to stand up and do something about it to rally everybody else. And this is the book of Nehemiah, man. Like, you, and there's something else I want to say, too, is, you know, you may be in a hurry, but God isn't. Why did it take so long? 150 years ago, the walls were destroyed by Babylon, causing them, causing the Israelites to live in exile. Ever since then, they have been in reproach and great, in reproach and great affliction. Like, that's the text. What, why was it that long? You know, God could have used anybody before Nehemiah, but why? I'm sure other people had the burden, right? But God mm -hmm. called Nehemiah to do it, right? So, because Ezra tried to do it when he rebuilt the temple, when he helped rebuild the temple. Well, he didn't, yeah, he did do that. And then he tried to rebuild the walls and the gates. But then King Xerxes, the same king that Nehemiah is about to ask to, you know, go to Jerusalem to help rebuild the walls, the same king that Nehemiah has to go ask, said no to Ezra, right? So obviously Nehemiah, Nehemiah don't have a good eyes and good chance of going to help out, right? But we know in the text that he does, right? So anyways, I was going to say, you know, you're not behind schedule. You're on God's time, right? And I posted that on my uh, social media page. Just I'll let you go ahead and talk, and then I'll talk, I'll talk about that in a minute. I'm talking. Yeah, it's like um, I think it's good that you kind of grow wherever you're planted is like a big thing as well. Man, Nehemiah is so humble. We've said it so many times before. He didn't mention that he was the cupbearer for the king until like the last verse of chapter one, which yeah. is to me. Usually you like lead off with like why you're qualified, but no, not Nehemiah. Um, and it's like uh, Nehemiah, like he uses his position to like try to do something good for his people. Like he he doesn't allow corruption to get the best of him. He doesn't allow it to get a big head. But no, he in this very chapter, um, I need to finish reading more about it just to see how he uses his position. But in this chapter, like he uses his standing in order to help his people. Like, uh, I, I think maybe that's a big difference between him and Ezra is like, like Ezra, I guess, didn't have like a whole lot to back her up right then. So it wasn't her place yet. Like we, of course, we realize that God still uses her in a fantastic way. But like Nehemiah, like he knows like how he needs to, he knows how he can help. He knows how uh, God can use him. And he uses his position like very wisely. I think we all need to do that as well because Man, God puts us in all kinds of places, which is crazy. Like you, you talking about your sty on your over your left eye. It may, instantly made me think of like Job with all his boils and scars. Um, <laughs> and it's like Job was in a place that where he could show humility, where he could show that um, how great of a God he is. Um, and like Jacob, uh, not Jacob, Joseph. Man, he got thrown into a prison for like two years. It's like. Same with Paul. They got thrown in prison. And it's like, what do you, what can you do there? But man, oh, I wish, I wish Terry was online for this because man, Terry's story is amazing. And like, not to talk too much about him without him being here, but he, he did go to jail, but like, that's where he found Jesus. That's where he uh, started his ministry. And like, he did amazing things. It's like, grow where God has put you for sure. Like a lot of times people will be thinking, man, I wish I had like, a good story or i was in a place that god could use me you are in a good place like every place can be a good place you just have to like look for the opportunities yeah and we totally talked about that in our first two videos and yeah and I, I know we say that every time it's just yeah. like you have to say that kind of stuff though right. no. oh go ahead no i'm no i'm just just that's all i want to say is like yeah you uh you have to remember that kind of stuff though mm-hmm yeah, like when we guys, when we talked about Nehemiah's godly heart and Nehemiah's a heart of God, y'all need to check that out on Upload Past Crossroads. It's also on Justin's YouTube channel, Chaplin's Logs. Mm -hmm. But like when we talked about those two videos, that's one of the things we mentioned. We mentioned how Nehemiah is, uh, I forgot what you just said now because I, <laughs> I had to uh, give us that plug. But um, basically, yeah, um, yeah, grow where you're planted, right? So mm -hmm. um, Nehemiah was a shoe shop. 
He's in the palace of Shusha. They have two palaces, maybe more, in Persia because they took out the Babylonians. So they had everything. They were the world power, the number one power of all kingdoms in that time period, right? The Persian army and the Persians, right? So Nehemiah is in the palace of Shusha, in the winter palace, because it's around the winter time, because it says in the month of Chuzla in verse one in Nehemiah chapter one, right? So um, yeah, Nehemiah, man, he's 800 to 1,000 miles from Israel. He's never been to Jerusalem at all. Like he, he doesn't know anything about Jerusalem. Like they're captives, they're remnants, they're scattered. Like it says in you know Nehemiah chapter one again, like the Israelites were all scattered from disobedience, from disobeying God. Like they were in a good place as a people with their God. So obviously their whole city, Jerusalem, is not going to be. It's going to be in ruins. The walls are down. The gates are down. So like it was just depicting how their relationship is with God, right? So um, yeah, what I was going to say is, you know, I tweeted this the, uh, on October 26th, right? 2022. So this year, uh, and I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not behind schedule. I'm on God's time. You know, a lot of y'all are rushing through life. Like, you guys want stuff to happen right now. Like, man, it got to happen right now. Oh, go ahead and follow me on Trouble Don't Last, my Twitter page. It's awesome. But anyways, um, yeah, you might be waiting on God, you know, to get someone out of a coma. Somebody's been in a coma forever, and you just want God to do something about it. You know, you may be waiting on God to fix a broken or shattered marriage. Some of your marriages are awful. Some of your relationships are awful, right? You want God to fix it. Some of the people are waiting on God to restore a friendship, you know, or... They're waiting on God to allow a dream, a goal, a vision, or whatever to come to fruition, right? We're all waiting on God for something, right? But it may take 40 years. It may take 150 years. Like, just like, you know, the Israelites, they're in captivity for 150 years. Mm -hmm. They've been back in Jerusalem for 90 years. Mm -hmm. And the walls and the gates are still down. This is the application, guys. Like, it may take 40 years. It may take 150 years. By the way, go, God is an all-time God. He specializes in miracles, man. His timing is perfect, right? It's perfect. So we got to trust his plans, right? A lot of times we want stuff to happen right now. It may take a while, but God is going to turn things around when it's the best time to turn things around, right? So God's on a different time schedule than all of us, right? Just like for black people. Why we have to go through slavery for so long? Why we have to go through Jim Crow? You know, why police brutality? God's timing is perfect. Like it's going. Why haven't we got reparations and everybody else get reparations? Like <laughs> God's time is perfect. What is our reparations going to be like when we finally get it? I think whatever reparations is going to be, it's going to be dang sure better than a mule and three point five uh, anchors. I think that's what it was. What's that today? That's nothing. Like you know. But when we get what we about to get, it's probably going to be six hundred fifty thousand dollars right now. For every black person, like you know, what I'm saying it's like God's time is perfect, right? He's working, he's preparing it for all of us, right? And whatever, whatever you're waiting on for everybody, right? Justice for everybody, right? So, yeah, there are a lot of things we're waiting on. Wait, you know, there's there's there are a lot of things where God's calling us to be patient, right? And He's working things out and preparing us for the blessings that He's about to give to us because we ain't ready for it, right? So same thing for the people of Israel. They weren't ready to be back in the city and have the walls up and the gates up and then have everybody come. They were not ready for that at all. So, Justin, you have anything else? I'll, I'll keep on going if you didn't. Yeah, just like with uh, – I'll be real fast so you can keep on keep going. Right. But, like, what you were saying made me think about um, Jeremiah 29, 11. Like, God said, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. But, man, like, how long were they in the desert? They were in there for, like, 40 years. Like all those people he told that to were dead. Um, but the thing was, like, all those people had the mindset of like the Egyptian gods. They were still worshiping like a golden calf or like the pantheon of gods that were from Egypt. And in order for God to prosper the people, a new generation had to sprout up. And so unfortunately, like they had to wait 40 years to get all that out of their system before they could move on. And it's like, yeah, God's timing is important. It's and like God is using Nehemiah at this time, man, over a hundred years, like almost two centuries, these people had to wait. But like we had to wait for Nehemiah to be able to help deliver him, to help uh fulfill God's plan. So yeah, that's definitely important. Yeah.
Yeah, I got some good stuff for y'all now, man, just for verse 3. It's just so much for verse 3, all right? So we're in Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, verse 3, just in case you're just now tuning in. I don't know why my computer is acting so slow. I probably need to close some stuff out because uh, I'm working it too hard, I guess. But um, we're in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3, and it says, And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. So this is what Nehemiah is hearing from his brethren, Heniah. And it's sad. It saddens him, man. It makes him weep. It makes him cry. It makes him pray. It makes him fast. It makes him do all that stuff, right? We're going to talk about that in a bit. But one of my sermon ideas for this text in the book of Nehemiah chapter one is just talking about your burden is your ministry. Your burden is your ministry, guys. And like, and that's so many ways, different ways you could say, it. you know, your burden is your calling. You know, what burdens you guys? You know, your burden is your ministry, right? And so I, I post a lot of stuff like that on my YouTube, on my social media pages, but check out my Instagram page. You really want to see it. Um, so I post posts like this. So um, my YouTube, on my Instagram page, Trouble Don't Last. So make sure to follow me on there. But one of the posts I said was, you know, your pain becomes your purpose. And so, and you guys, you got to look at the caption of what I be posting, man. My captions are dope if I can freaking get to it. All right, here it is right here. Yeah, my caption. This is what I'm talking about right here. All right, so. Some of the stuff I said was, you know, God often uses our deepest pains as a launching pad of our greatest calling. You know, the burdens, uh, the burden you bear often reveals the calling you embrace. You know, calling is where your talents and burdens collide, right? And if you want to find your purpose in life, find your wound. Man, my castles are so dope. Did you guys hear this, man? Like, your greatest ministry will likely come out of your greatest hurt. Bars, right? <laughs> when your talents in the needs of this world cross, just like Nehemiah, the needs of Jerusalem, their lives are calling, right? So what burdens your heart? What tears you? What irks you? What do you want to change in this world? God, and it's something you, that doesn't go away, something you always think about. God wants to use you to do something about it. This is what your mission is, right? So your purpose is hidden in your wounds. Your purpose is, I mean, your pain is your purpose, and purpose is usually found through your pain, right? So this I'd be posting stuff like that, guys. So again, you guys gotta look at my social media pages. But yeah, so some of the stuff I want to say too is you know, God's calling to a specific place or ministry is discovered by what breaks your heart. So what affects you and what affects you, right? So Nehemiah never saw Jerusalem. That's the first thing you need to know. He never saw Jerusalem, he's never been there, right? Yeah, he cannot stop crying about Jerusalem. Uh. Bars, man. Come on. His concern is real. He sits and he weeps and mourns for days. His his heart felt about people he never even met, right? Well, he probably met them scattered out, like because Esther's in the palace too, guys. Like she, he, if she's alive at this time period, he he's met Esther before, so he's seen Israelites and Jews, Jews and people like that before. But he never been to Jerusalem, guys. So like, so he's just wondering what it's like in that city, you know, wondering, you know, is God, you know. I want to see how God works, man. Has the miracle been done? He wants he wants to see miracles like David and Solomon and Moses and all of them. All his ancestors have seen, right? But he doesn't hear of one when he gets news from Hananiah, man. So Nehemiah wept and mourned for days for Jerusalem. But he ain't the only one to mourn, right? A lot of people in the Bible mourn for Jerusalem. First of all, God mourns for Jerusalem. That's the first thing. Jeremiah, Habakkuk, Daniel, even Jesus mourned for Jerusalem. So Nehemiah is not the first guy to mourn for Jerusalem, and he's definitely not the last guy to mourn for Jerusalem. And what's the significance of Jerusalem? Like me and Justin talked about it. God's going to make a new Jerusalem in the new heaven and the new earth, in the eternal state, in the last two chapters of the Bible. This is how it's going to be for all eternity. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, a new Jerusalem. This is what it's going to be. It's going to be better than the old Jerusalem. This is what the old Jerusalem is. This is what <laughs> Nehemiah is crying about, the old Jerusalem. But it's gonna be better than the old Jerusalem. It's gonna be no pain, no death, no sorrow. I'm okay. I'm, I'm done talking about it. But anyways, so Jerusalem isn't just some city, right? That's 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 not. It's not like another Shushan. It's not. It's, it's not like Shushan, Shushan, the palace where Nehemiah is staying, or like I don't know Nashville, Tennessee, where I live. You know, <laughs> it's not like that. Like we talking about Jerusalem. It, it isn't just some city. It's God's city. God made a covenant with this city. It, it's the city, a city of God's plan on earth. And even in heaven, like the new heaven, come on. In Revelation 21, 22, the, how's all eternity is going to be, 
right? So here goes the life application, guys. You know, what makes you cry? You know, what do you hear that brings you to tears? And it gives you strong emotions about, strong, it gives you a strong reaction about. What are those things? You know, and at some point, God wants to break our hearts with the things that break his. He wants us to be moved by the things that breaks his heart. In the first video, me and my, me, uh, me, I said me and Nehemiah, the first video me and Justin did was about, you know, having a heart after God, right? If you have a heart after God, you're going to be broken about the things that God's heart's broken about. You're going to be happy about the things that God happy, God's happy about, right? You're, you're going to be trying to make heaven here on earth. You're going to be trying to bring God's kingdom here on earth, right? Like you're, you guys get what I'm saying, man. You, we're trying to be lights and be reflections of God, right? This is what Nehemiah is trying to do. A city with its walls broken down, that's not a good reflection of God at all. Like, are you kidding me? God's city, Jerusalem, and Shushan looks amazing? No, that's, that's not how God works, man, no. So a right heart before God leads to right actions for him, right? And when our hearts are right with God, our lives will bear that out. It will be a reflection of it, right? And there's no if, ands, or buts about it. It's white or it's white or black. Mm -mm. There's no there's no in between, guys. So you can't be lukewarm with God. You can't be on the fence, right? God's gonna vomit you out if you're like that. Either hot or cold. You guys get it. Either got him or you don't. Either love him or you don't. There's no in between, right? So, and then also, uh, Justin, stop me if you want to add anything, man, because I'm about to switch it over. But go ahead. You gonna add something? No, you go on. All right, and then I, I, I mentioned this to Justin. One thing I was going to talk about was, you know, be the answer to your own prayer. You know, if God's stirring your heart, then be the solution. Mm. Like so many people just praying, 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 pray, pray, pray. Where's the action? And then some people, it's, it's either one one thing or another. And then some people, the opposite of that is just taking action without ever praying, right? Nehemiah showing us how we need to operate. When you have a burden in your heart, what do you need to do? Pray about it right? He prayed. That's the first thing he did. He didn't act. He prayed. And he prayed so much for so long, he knew exactly what he needed, what he needed to ask the king about. Because he couldn't just ask the king for anything. He couldn't just approach the king any type of way. This is the king of Persia. It said through in the book of Esther, the same king, King Artaxerxes, he's the son of King Exerxes. I mean, yeah, he's the son of King Exerxes who married Esther. You don't just come to a Persian king any type of way. If you do, he's going to behead you. He's going to kill you. Right. Like, <laughs> and then also, you don't just speak to the king. You have to be on his schedule for him to talk to you. He had to raise his scepter for you to be able to talk. We see that with the book of Esther. If his scepter ain't raised, do not talk. Like, and then also, you can only be happy in the king's presence. The cupbearer can only be happy in the king's presence. We'll see in Nehemiah chapter two that Nehemiah was weeping in front of the king. Like, in the king, well, he wasn't weeping, but he was sad and downtrodden. And the king was like, What's wrong with you? Like, normally the king don't ask. That, that just shows how much he cared about Nehemiah, how much he liked Nehemiah and liked him being around and stuff. And so, yeah, so he could have just beheaded Nehemiah right there, but he didn't, right? So God was working on multiple ways with the book story of Nehemiah. That's what he's going to do with you. So what's your burden? You know, what's breaking your heart? What do you want to change in this world that's not glorifying God? God wants to use you and do something about it. So be the answer to your own prayers instead of waiting for somebody else to save you. Right. Instead of waiting for somebody else to do something, God calling you to do it. Right. That's the problem with this world. Everybody's waiting, waiting to see something, waiting. I just want to sit in my pew. No, get up, do something, be the solution. Right. So, like, so what is God speaking about you? You know, what is God speaking to you personally? Just you personally. What is it? It's going to be different than everybody else. It should be because all we're a body of Christ. There's different members in the body. Now, everybody's a heart. How many hearts you got? You got five? No, you got one. Right. So, how many uh how many lungs you got? Two, you know, you got two hands, but different fingers. They all don't do different things, right? Your right hand ain't as strong as your left hand. It's, it's opposite for some other people. But you guys get what I'm saying? Like everybody's different. There's different functions in the body, right? So, like, what's your function, man? So, what is God speaking to you about? Right? What has God called you to do specifically? Only you, right? What breaks your heart? And are you seeking the Lord to find out how He wants? to how he wants to resolve the issue right and a lot of people don't do that so that's why you don't ever do anything in this world that's why the world's so messed up because guys we're not aligned to god's will and his plans and we don't really care right we don't really have a heart after god if you got a heart after god you're going to do something about it don't say you love your neighbor if you don't do anything don't say you love god if you don't do anything 
right? Mm. Like, this is the book of Nehemiah, man. Imagine Nehemiah heard these news and didn't do nothing. He had more resources than Ezra did. Of course, Ezra can't do it. He didn't know the king like, like Nehemiah. Nehemiah was close to the king. Like, we're going to talk about it a lot with Nehemiah chapter 2. I know I'm, I'm going everywhere. But Nehemiah chapter 2, like, we see that Ezra, when he went to the king, he didn't have the same relationship as Nehemiah. And like Justin just said, grow where you're planted. Wherever God has you is for a reason. Wherever your work is, is for a reason. God's going to use your career and your job that you think is meaningless, that you think that has no significance and no meaning and doesn't mean a hill of beans. He's going to use your marriage. That, that relationship that broke your heart, God's going to use that too. Like, you know, that that uh, marriage that failed, God's going to use that too. Like, God doesn't waste any of our experiences. He uses it, he uses it all, right? Everything has meaning and significance when it comes to God. And he redeems the time. So, like, there's so much to say with that, but you guys get what I'm saying, man. Nehemiah was in the palace. He was close to the king. He was a cupbearer. He's always with the king. So he has a connection with the king that Ezra didn't have. So when, when the king told Ezra, no, you can't rebuild the walls, what Ezra can do? He can't do anything, right? But Nehemiah, man, what did, what did Nehemiah do? He ate and drunk with the king, ate and drunk for years. He helped the king out for years. He's, that's all he's ever known for years. I don't even know how old he is in this text, but he's definitely older than 15. You know, he's definitely been around more than 20 years or something, right? So it's in that time frame. That's a long time to be a king cupbearer. So, like, he had a connection with him so he could ask the king for things that Ezra can't, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what made his that's what made his purpose and his calling and what God wanted to use him for even better because he could use the king's resources. He had the king's horsemen, all the king's men having his back. So when the enemies and obstacle came, nobody could stop him. I have the king's letters in my hand. The king told me to do this. And then there'll be people when he went to Jerusalem and he tried to rebuild the walls, Sam Ballant, Tobias, and the Grecians, and the Amorites, and the Adamites, all these other nations that try to stop the work, try to stop Nehemiah from rebuilding the wall. They couldn't do anything but talk because if they would have acted and tried to behead and kill Nehemiah like they said they were going to do, man, the king would have came for him, right? Yeah. And, so, and the king's Jesus, just by the way. That's a life application. So, like, when God gives you an assignment, man, you're, you're protected. You're good. Just get involved. Like, that's my whole point, man. Let me get back on point. So don't just walk away from the things God has put in your heart to do. Do something about it. Get involved, right? Act on your faith. Be a doer of the word, not just a hearer, right? I'm going to talk about that scripture verse in a minute. Justin, man, tear it up, man. You, you got something else, man? Yeah. But, wait, wait. Before you go, I just got one question to ask everybody. You know, are you willing to be the answer to your to your own prayer? Are you willing to be the answer to somebody else's prayer? God wants to use you guys, man. God wants to use all of us, right? So uh, many are called, but few are chosen. So are you willing to accept the call, right? Many are called, but few are chosen. Mm. God's chose you. Are you going to accept the call so that you can, you know, bring heaven here on earth? All right, Justin, my bad, man. <laughs> no, you're good, man. It's a... Uh... I think that's really important too of what you said because like yeah a lot of times it's it's actually a little dangerous to pray all the time and then like wait for something concrete because sometimes i think that's a point of prayer is like prayer when you have a compassion towards something or as the bible put it when jesus saw the people when you have like a feeling in your gut or your stomach towards someone like I think praying about it transforms your heart to like really want to take action. Like I think that's a big part that God, why God wants us to pray over something is not only to seek answers, but to like transform us on the inside too. Like prayer should be making you feel something uh, towards whoever you're praying for or whatever topic you're praying for. Man, it's crazy that Nehemiah just has a compassion for people he has never met, like just a group of people miles and hundreds of miles away. Like, man, that's, don't tell me like that prayer didn't have an effect on his heart when he was praying towards God. And I think, I think we do have to find a good balance for that. And I'm glad Sean pointed that out. We, we shouldn't be taking action without consulting with God or without praying for God, but we also shouldn't be sitting around squandering the gifts that God has already given us if we're in the right place or right time for something. Like if we if we like uh if we're seeing somebody getting beaten up or mugged uh right in front of us, we're not gonna like 
wait and see if uh, jumping in is the right thing. You're going to probably jump in, I hope. Um, because like we know God has already written that on our hearts. He's already written down the morals and laws in our hearts. Uh, it's it's just a balance each each and every one of us needs to find. And it's very situational sometimes. But in this case, like, man, Nehemiah, he prayed to God for months. He wept for, like, months. But he did take action. I find it interesting that it doesn't explicitly say that God spoke to him. Like, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. It's hard to tell from this passage. But, man, he did take action. I think that's important between what of what Jesus was saying, either be hot or be cold. Don't be both. Don't be lukewarm and make me spit you out. Man, you got to be hot for God. That's important. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad Sean pointed out, like, that dichotomy, that, like, that balance we have to find. Yeah. And then another sermon idea I had with Nehemiah chapter one is uh, don't just pray about it, be about it. You know, don't just pray about it, do something about it. You know, take action, take mm -hmm. action, man. Let God use you. And did you know God wants to use you, man? Like Nehemiah saw the problem and he saw that God wanted to use him as part of the solution to the problem, uh. right? That's for all of us. Ain't nobody exempt from this. God wants to use you, right? You're his child. Right? Did he not use the teacher? Did he not use the master? And are you not the student? Are you not the servant to the master? You know, to the master. So that means, you know, if they hated the master, they're gonna hate you too. Why? Because you should be doing the same things that the master and the teacher did, man. So like, you know, be like Jesus, right? So like, did Jesus not do anything? No. Like, that's all he did was something. He is a something. So yeah, prayer is absolutely necessary before you do anything, man. But however, you don't just pray about it. You got to be about it, man. So prayer is only one kind of way of working with God. There's only one kind of way of working with God. There's a second way, right? Our work for God must not stop at just praying, right? We got to do something about it. And what, it, what does the Bible say? You know, faith without works is dead. But I'm not even going to talk about that scripture yet. I'm going to show you guys a photo. I'm See, I'm getting my... Guys, I got the best social media pages ever, man. For real, go to it, man. My other Instagram page, my underscore daily underscore Bible, man. I posted this photo. When did I post this? On February 9th, 2022, right? And look at this, man. So you got a woman praying right here, and it says, she says, faith, no works, right? This is, this is the people who just, you know, pray, and they don't ever do nothing. I like, like that. You. That's a good picture. I like that one. Right. And then this is a person who prays and works, right? And not everyone will get this. I'm sure some of you guys are like, oh, give me five. Oh, yeah. Like, let me explain it. Like, you got a person that's just praying and waiting for a harvest to come, mm. praying and want, and want God to do all the work, but they don't want to do nothing. God don't work like that, like, <laughs> at all. Like, God wants you to do, do something, too. You pray, and that's faith, but works is even more faith, right? So, like, you we're co-workers with God, we're partakers with God. That's what the Bible calls it. So you God has a part to play, you have a part to play, right? So, and I'm gonna talk about that a lot, but like guys, this I hope you guys get this photo. But like some of the quotes I have on this uh in this caption that I wrote, for real, guys. My captions are like the best on all social media, for real. Like just to describe this photo, I say you can't use prayer to replace laziness. Bars, you can't pray until you faint. I mean, no, I said you can pray until you faint, but unless you get up and try to do something, God is not going to put it in your lap. Uh. A lot of people want to be rich, but what are you doing to get rich? All right, you're praying for a miracle. God, financial breakthrough. December. You're like, I'll be seeing posts like that on social media all the time. I'm gonna, you're going to receive a financial breakthrough in January. For what? What do you do? Well, you don't do nothing. Stuff don't just happen, right? <laughs> like, you don't invest your money at all. Like, you don't got your money in Bitcoin or Ethereum. You don't got your money in Facebook or Tesla or that's some of the stuff I got money in, by the way. But like you expect <laughs> this miracle to happen. Like, no, it don't just happen, guys. And then also it takes time. Like, you know, so anyways, another quote I said was, you know, prayer is asking God to, to do. No, yeah, prayer is asking God to do what we cannot, not what not to do what we won't. Right. That's what prayer is. Right. Then also I said. You're waiting on God, and he's waiting on you to make a move. Faith without works is dead. When you move, 
he will move mountains for you. So stop using I'm waiting on God as an excuse for fear and uh, procrastination. God is waiting on you to take the next step of faith and obedience. Dang, I got some stuff, man. If you, if you don't work hard, you'll spend the rest of your life in church shouting, I receive it. Like, <laughs> and don't expect a miracle if you fail to obey God's instruction. Faith and works are designed to work in tandem with one another, right? I'm going to wait to say that scripture verse again. And then also, if you are too lazy to plow, don't expect a harvest, right? That's a scripture verse, Proverbs 20, verse 4. The slugger will not plow by any by reason of the cold. Therefore, shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Well, I'm going to explain that real quick. There's lazy people out there that expect a harvest, but they don't ever plow, right? Uh. And then they wait when it's cold outside, when you shouldn't even be doing a harvest, and it's not even a harvest season to try to harvest something. That's not what. And then they beg for a harvest, like, and they don't do anything. A slugger don't get nothing, guys. There's plenty of scripture verses saying that. So I just want to throw that out there. But I hope that picture brought a lot of stuff to light for a lot of people. Like, like I pray, yeah, I pray you ain't the person that just pray and don't work. Like you just expect God to grow a flower. You don't what? You ain't water it. You ain't. Do consistently water in it every day. You don't consistently pull out the weeds to make sure the ground's cultivated for the for the planting and the harvest. So guys, like, you know, believers are to get down on their knees to approach God and then get up from their knees and go into the world to serve him. This is the life of a believer, man. You know, prayer doesn't replace laziness. I said that before, but let me bring that to light. You know, you can't just pray for the loss, right? A lot of people just pray for the loss and that's it. Uh -huh. But, you know, you must go out to preach to the lost, right? It's a two-edged sword. You don't just pray for the lost. You got to go out and preach to the lost, man. You cannot just pray for a test, you know, pray over a test, and you don't do no studying for the test. How many, how many of us have done that? Are you kidding me? God works like that? No, no. Guys, stop. Stop lying to yourself. You have been alive long enough to know he does not do that. You cannot just pass any test. I'll, I'll throw that out there right now. Uh -huh. I just threw you in any test. That's not in your arena and not your field. You better study for it because you ain't going to make it. All right. And then we cannot only pray for wisdom. No, wisdom is gained. It's earned. Like you got to study and read God's word for wisdom. You got to ask other believers and ask other people for guidance so you can get receive their wisdom. So you can gain even more wisdom because a foolish person relies on their own wisdom. Wise people rely on other people's wisdom as well, along with their own. You guys get what I'm saying, man. We can't just pray over our daily needs. We, we must also find a job and work diligently, right? This is the way God works. Like, this is the way the world works. This is the world order right now. This is the way the world works. And a lot of y'all are, are di in disagreement right now. And that just shows how your life is working right now. Like, you're not, you're not the best in your career. You're not the best in your field. Nobody knows you. You're not respected by anybody. Nobody likes being around you because you're lazy. Like, you, you don't do nothing. All you do is just talk. You don't mm -hmm. act. Nehemiah is not like that. He's a person that prays and acts. He's a person that talks and acts. Like, you know, so is that you? So, yeah, and then a scripture I was going to say, too, is James chapter 2, verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. You guys get that? So, like, without your soul, without your spirit, the body would be dead. Same thing for works. Like, mm -hmm. like same, no, same thing for the faith. Like, you say you got faith in God, right? Where's your works? If you don't have works to back it up, Jesus said, you know, by their fruit, you'll know who they are. By their love, you know they're one of my children. Do you love your neighbor? If you don't love your neighbor, you discriminate against everybody and only show hate. You don't have faith. That's, that's not the love of God. What? <laughs> Your face is dead, man. You're, you you believe in somebody that's dead. Satan. Satan's dead. Right? Sin's dead. Right? Death is dead. Like, you know. So like, yeah, man. You aren't seeing, you aren't seeing God's work because you aren't taking any action. Right? Now, I, I want to repeat that. You aren't seeing God work in your life because you aren't taking any action. You got to act on your faith in order to see God's word do something. Right? So like. Yeah, I just want to throw it out there. Justin, man, you have anything else, man? Yeah, man, I think that's so accurate. I I like I liked how you kind of turned this around too. Like we could look at this verse and say, oh man, Nehemiah spent like months praying. Like that's I need to like not do anything until I 
I'll pray for that too. Like, no, that's not the case. Like, I, I, I just like what you, I can't put it better than what you just said. Like, if you, if you don't see God working in your life, it's because you're not out there doing anything. Like, he's not using you because you're not using what he already gave you. Man, if you are locked inside the house all the time, yeah, you're not going to see anything. Nothing's going to happen in your house. But yeah, it's a, gosh, I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil what you said because you said everything perfectly right now, man. That's it's just so powerful. Like you won't see God working in your life if you aren't doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, I posted a post a long time ago. I, I don't have it right now. I tweeted it. I'm going to tweet it again because I lost my first Twitter account and I, uh, I posted on my Instagram page. I'll show you some other posts, guys. But like I said, God will provide the food, but he will not cook the dinner. Right. So God will provide the food, but he will not cook the dinner. Like you don't see birds waiting on God to like give them food. You don't see animals doing that either. You don't see animals just waiting around. God, I pray. Give me food. Like, no, like God speaks through creation. Like they all have to hunt for what they want. They all have, they all have to fly to their destination to find food for their children. Right. Same thing for us, man. You got to get up and work. You got to get up and do your part. God will provide the food. He will provide. But you're going to miss that provision if you don't get up and do the work. Right. That's why some of y'all are broke and don't got nothing, man, because you're not a doer of the word. You're just a hearer. Like, you know, and it says that in the Bible. I'm not going to read the scripture verses. But if you look at James chapter one, verse 22 to 25, it says, you know, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only deceiving yourself. You only deceive yourself thinking, you know, the word right and you saying you believe in god right but you look you know it's like looking in the mirror looking looking at the word of god it's like looking in the mirror right you're looking at the perfect law you're looking at liberty and everything in it and then you just go away and forget what you look like because you don't act on anything that's the word says Uh. you know you don't take out the sand in your eye you know you don't fix the defects like this thing like i had to put heat on it in order to get rid of it right so i had to use a heating pad continually and put uh sty eye drops in my eye in order to get it better otherwise it could have got worse it could have got bigger my whole face would have been a a, a sty right well you got to do the work in order to get better right some of you guys want to lose weight and have toned bodies and amazing bodies but you don't do nothing all you do is eat mcdonald's and you expect what and you just sit around all day are you kidding me you don't put in no work so the same thing with the bible man like you don't just read it and don't act on it Right. And forget what it said. That's forgetting what it says. Uh, right. You got to remember what's going on with your face. You got to remember what's going on in the perfect law and what you read, the mirror. And you need to fix the defects in your life. We all got defects. We all got problems in our life that Jesus wants to fix, man. He wants to move in your life, but you ain't moving. Right. You're waiting on God and he's waiting on you to make a move. I already said that. Faith uh, without works is dead. When you move, he will move mountains for you. Bars, man. Come on, guys. Like, we got to do better, man. Like, some, one post I was going to show you guys is this, man. You guys got to see this. Like, this tweet is ridiculous. I said, you can pray all you want, but eventually David had to pick up the stone and act and, and act against Goliath. Like, so that means David had to go through the fear. He had to go through the obstacle. He got to go through. Uh, I don't even know what David felt when he was going up against a giant that's 10 feet tall. He probably like 5'8". I don't see him being that tall. Like 5'8". Max, like that's a tiny guy against a 10 foot guy. Are you getting me? What are you gonna do? Right? Oh, I got stones. You gotta use what God put in your hand. What's in your hand, Moses? What's in your hand, David? A stone. What do you do with that stone? I kill lions, I kill bears. Uh. Grow where you were planted. Like Justin said earlier, God did everything and orchestrated all David's life the way he did for a reason. So when he went up against Goliath, he had no fear. What is a man compared to a lion? What is a man compared to a bear? I don't care how big the man is. He's still going to go down like any other man. He still bleeds like any other man. You kidding me? Like, <laughs> so, like, David's bad, man. Like, come on, guys. Look, God, everything has happened in your life for a reason, and God wants to use it, man. Don't just sit around hoping for things. Don't just sit around praying for things. Get up and move. You got to get up and move, guys. So this is the whole book of Nehemiah, guys. Like, Nehemiah didn't just pray about it. He, he, was, a, he was about it. Are you about it, man? Put some grind behind that prayer. You know, prayer is asking God to do, uh, prayer isn't asking God to, you know, well, I'm saying it wrong. Prayer is asking God to do what we cannot, not just what we want, right? I said that earlier, so 
yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so much stuff, man. So, yeah, just I was going to go somewhere else, just describe the walls. But if you want to say anything else, man, I'm done with that. No, I think, yeah, I think that's another part of prayer, too, is like God is not like a not like a genie, too. Like, that's not the purpose of prayer. Like, then, like when when we were when his disciples or somebody asked Jesus, like, how should we pray? Like, he started off like just reveling in who God is, like appreciating who God is. Hallowed be your name. Um, and he he wanted what God wants. And like, I think Nehemiah really was praying to God for this because he he knew this is what God wanted in his heart, too. Like he knew that God didn't want his people to suffer. Like he wanted he knew that uh, he knew that God would want his promise to be fulfilled. Like man, Nehemiah reminded God of his promise. He didn't need to remind God, but he knew that's what um, God wanted him to do. So that's why he was reaching out. He wasn't telling, hey, God, you need to do this. No, he was saying, you want this, so I want this too. And like, again, prayer should be transforming your inside before you see anything outside as well. Yeah. Like I emphasize enough that prayer isn't just to make God do something. It's to build a relationship so then you can grow on the inside before he before you're even prepared to do whatever he has for you. Mm -hmm. Man, we tearing this up, man. I yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I wish Terry was here. Right. Look, I'm going to bring it home, man. I'm going because we almost had an hour. So, like, all right, all right guys. So, we, we read Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3 to you guys, right? But I want to break down something else with you. I'm going to let Justin talk about it, too. But um, I'm going to go back and read the verse so we all know where we're at and how we're going to conclude the lesson. But we just broke down Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3, and just hit you with everything possible with this verse. But let me hit you with a few more things. So, And, and they said unto Nehemiah and unto me, the remnant that are left of captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire man this verse is ridiculous man like because it's like building up like why why is nehemiah mad like why is nehemiah sad why is he weeping why is he downtrodden why why is he hurt by these this news like and it's because nehemiah was distraught when he heard that the walls in jerusalem were in despair right mm -hmm. it reflected not only the weakness of his people but also misrepresented God as weak in an ancient time period. You know, fun fact about walls in ancient time periods. Everybody had walls around their city in mm -hmm. ancient time periods, right? Even the daytime period, we got walls, like protecting. We got privacy, guys, privacy. Like in the new heaven, new Jerusalem, we got walls, but you can see through the walls. It's jasper. It's see-through. It's transparent. But here in this world order where we live, are the walls transparent and <laughs> And you can see through it no like <laughs> maybe some windows but no not the walls so yeah man so in in the uh old testament times the city walls represented not only the strength of the people within that city but it also represented the strength of the god that they served so walls symbolized ideally in ancient time period your relationship with your god right so yeah so a wall being present in Jerusalem symbolized, you know, it, it will represent the belief that, you know, God is alive, God is listening, and God is able to respond. So it shows their relationship with their God, just like any other nation, right? With their guys, they got many guys. And what made Jerusalem different and Israel different was they only got one God. Every nation knew that about them. They only got one God. They only worship one true God. Every other guy's false to them. So according to the report Nehemiah received, the remnant in Jerusalem was ashamed in great reproach, right? They were greatly afflicted. A city with broken walls revealed a defeated people, right? The Jews who had returned to their homeland were both in unsafe conditions and humiliated at living in a destroyed city. Should God's people be living like this? No, like so in Nehemiah chapter two, verse 17, the next chapter, it reads, you know, you see the trouble we are in. This is what Nehemiah told the Jewish leaders and all the Jewish people when he rallied them together and was giving them a prep talk. He said, you see the trouble we're in, 
right? Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace, right? They were in great affliction and reproach. This is a problem for God's people to be in this condition. You know, God doesn't want you to ever feel disgraced, ashamed, or embarrassed. That's a lie from the devil. Like, are you, where in the Bible does it say, you shall be ashamed and disgraced in my name? Like, are you kidding me? Like, where? Like, <laughs> you should never be disgraced or embarrassed or ashamed about anything that has to pertain to God. Your God, the Lord, your God. Are you kidding me? Right? What The scripture verse says that we should be bold and unashamed, excited, zealous, enthusiastic about anything that comes to comes to our God. You know, anything that has to do with our God. Oh, we praise and we worship and we're cheerful about that, right? Like, <laughs> praise and worship. Are you kidding me? Like, so, like, man, there's so many verses that talk about that. Like, Romans 1, verse 16, you know, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1, the wicked flee when no one pursues them, but the righteous are bold as a lion, just like David, right? So, Acts 28, verse 31, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without any hindrance, right? Ephesians 3, verse 12, in whom we have boldness and access and access with confidence through our faith in him. So we can come bold before to the throne room because of who our God is. Our God is a reliable God. Our God is, is true, truthful and worthy of praise our god our god is a promise keeper man he keeps his promises he's faithful to his word all all the things in the bible will come to fruition has been coming to fruition and everything will come to pass right no word of god is wasted right so this is the bible right we can be bold on that we can stand on that because he's been continually proving himself for centuries and through our lives just our lives alone right so Man, we got a good God, man. So this is what Nehemiah was telling the Israelite people about. But let's stay in chapter one. In chapter one, Nehemiah knew who this God was. And he was like, this doesn't make no sense that this this is what's going on in Jerusalem. So, man, I, I'll end it at that. Justin, you got anything else, man? <laughs> man, it's, uh, yeah. I think the just the last part I said is, like, Nehemiah is on point at the here. Like, he he knows what Jerusalem needs. He knows that they need a wall first. They know, he knows that they need to follow God first. Like they, he knows like why they're remnants. And like he, he still like reached out to God because he needed like, first to like kind of get permission uh, to do this because he didn't want to make the same mistake that they did. But yeah, first things first, they needed a wall. I can't wait till we get to the verses where he actually like, gets there and starts to work. But yeah, it's very obvious that the people are in need. Like they're not just in need for Nehemiah, they're in the need of God. And like, I love that Nehemiah put God first and foremost in all of this. Yeah. And that's what we should do, man. Like, yeah. like guys, if God's not seen, I hope this is the application you guys get. I hope you see it. This is the way the Old Testament works. Apply it to your life. Just do that with the Bible in general. But you guys get what I'm saying. Like the book of Nehemiah, like Nehemiah sees that the city of Jerusalem, even though he's not there, is not glorifying God. He mm -hmm. That's not even his home. He doesn't even have to worry about living there. Yet it doesn't glorify God. So like God needs to be glorified. So what did Nehemiah do? He used utilized his resources. He prayed and asked God how, to, how he could change that and make sure God gets the glory. And he eventually got the glory, right? So I just gave you a quick summary. So that's what we should be doing in our lives, right? So is God glorified in your career? Is God glorified in your marriage? Is God glorified in your family? Is God glorified in your lives? Like, I keep on going. Whatever it is, guys, in your, at your church, in whatever ministry at your church, where is, he where, is it, where is there a lack? God wants to use you to meet that need, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever your burden is and whatever that answer was to with the questions I was asking, guys, God wants to use you to do something about it, man. And that's the text of this video, of verse 3. And, man, that's the old text of Nehemiah, guys. So I, I pray you guys enjoyed it, man. Like, we, we definitely tore that up, Justin. My good Lord. Like, I guess. <laughs> so, all right, guys. If you want to see more, you already know where to go. Here goes my social media pages. So if you go to my podcast, you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see 
more videos like this that me and Justin have done. But it's easier to see. Guys, for real, go to my Facebook page. I showed you some of my tweets and some of my Instagram posts. They're fire. I know you love them. Go to my pages, follow me, and like all my content, man. Share my videos, share my posts, and DM me. If you got any questions, DM me. You want us to do a, you got a question on the Bible, you want us to do a video on something that you want us to do a video on, let us know. Me and Justin will tear that up too. All right. But uh, like I was saying, uh, we got a whole playlist on my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads, just talking about the book of Nehemiah. So this is where you see all the sermons, future animations. Once I do animations, uh, any of the Bible studies me and Justin have done, it's all on here on the whole book of Nehemiah, right? I think it's like 15 chapters, maybe 17. All right. And then also we got Nehemiah chapter one. So this will be this video will be added to this playlist and we'll keep this going on for a bit. But yeah, you'll see some Sunday school lessons and Bible study in that as well. And then also what burdens your heart, man? I got a playlist on there on my YouTube channel. Check that out. And then also if you want to if you're trying to figure out what your purpose is, check out that on my YouTube channel. Here goes the playlist right here. So you can type in anything. Uh, Everything has a purpose. Everything's made for a reason. Like stuff like that on my YouTube channel. You'll get to that playlist. And then also here goes Justin's YouTube channel, Chaplain Vlogs. Uh, make sure to like all his content. Uh, turn on the post notification so you know when he uploads another video and all that stuff. Share his content. You know, support his page. And also there, this is his Facebook page. But all right, guys, that's it, man. Thanks for tuning in to this video. I pray you guys enjoyed it, man. And uh, I pray you guys have a great rest of your weekend. And we'll be back at it again. It's next Friday. Thanksgiving or next day is giving, yeah. So you, six days. All right. Will you be ready or are you good to go for uh Bible study next Friday? Um uh, yeah, I think I should be. Like I'll I'll make sure with my family. I think we'll be pretty chill on Friday. All right, cool. So I think me and Justin will be back. Uh we we do Bible study mostly every Friday. We missed last Friday because I was at my cousin's uh birthday party celebration in Atlanta. And this is when I got the star in my eye, so maybe I should never went. Anyway, <laughs> right? I got a star from not doing Bible study. But anyways, guys, uh, Fridays, seven p.m. Central Time. That's when we go uh, live on seven p.m. Fridays. Bible study. So yeah, we try to, and sometimes we do other days too, just to get to hurry up and get through the chapters and get through the verses. But anyways. Guys, thanks for tuning in. You guys have a great rest of your weekend. I pray in Jesus' name that you guys receive a victory through everything that you're going through, through every single obstacle. I pray that God kicks his butt for you so you can receive the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Until we meet again, God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in and all your support, especially for watching all the way through. If you watch this far, you should leave a comment and let me know you watch this far. All right. Appreciate you, man. God bless you, especially. All right. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Peace.